You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hail Cheaters, welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh, I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I am good, Josh. Well, we've, we've played like 50 FA Cup matches in the last three days and still Game Week 19 isn't over. So <laughs> The FA Cup third round isn't even over. It's uh, we've got right. Arsenal, Arsenal, Oxford United tomorrow. So much football, which is obviously what we're going to talk on today's episode because uh, it's been big news today. We're recording Sunday night. Manchester United have a double game week, as do Crystal Palace. Perhaps not as yep, not fantasy forget. relevant, given their yeah. uh, poor. You Viera. never know. It's going to end up being some rando. You know, like Eze is going to mm-hmm. be in the highest scoring player in game week twenty. Like that's just yeah, schlup. Just somebody. It, it, it can it could only be schlup in the end, yeah. Brandon. Yep. So I feel like we've got to sift through. Did we learn anything from this weekend's FA Cup? matches in terms of who played who's in form any injuries plus uh check in on where we are with the still in progress game week 19 and then yeah what to do about these doubles who are we gonna bring into our team we're both on two free transfers going into game week 20 so the sky is the limit for our squads josh yeah, I think that um, it's, although ultimately I suppose I should have just made that Luke Shaw move, Brandon. I would be, uh, yeah. what would that be? That'd be a net 14 points. It's, the trick is not to give yourself every point for the player that you would have brought in. That, that, that is the temptation yeah. is, to, is to really kick yourself and say that I, I would have had, you know, so I'm on 60 points for the week, which is still a great score. I, all thanks to Harry Kane. Uh, but I, I, I stuck with Cancelo, who, uh, of course, was hooked in the 45th minute. Uh, and I, I just, I, you know, we talked about this in last week's pod. I didn't feel confident enough that Man United were going to have a double in game week 20. I, even people who were very confident felt like it was maybe more like a 50% chance of happening. And ultimately they did announce that Man United, uh, do not have to play a replay, uh, next week when game week 20 will take place. And so they are using that window to make up for, um, basically to get ahead of a ton of fixture congestion. And so that's why, that's why this, uh, palace Man United game, a rescheduled match, uh, from earlier in the season, uh, is going forward. And so, yeah, we're now in a position where we have four teams that play twice in game week 20. It's, uh, it's pretty exciting. We, we you know, the, even the, the Spurs Man City one, we were, Fairly sure that was going to happen, but it did require Spurs and Man City to not draw this week, which is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Liverpool, for example, um, have to play have to play Wolves again. They've got an FA Cup replay um, that that same week when the uh, yeah. when game week 20 doubles are going to be taking place. And um, yeah, if there's one thing I learned from from this weekend, Brandon, it's that Liverpool really um, this defensive problem is not going away, is it? This is really uh, it's here all season. I think I think we can officially. It's hard to see it going away. I, d- I don't know that that your boy Cody Gakpo is going to be enough to change that brand. <laughs> yeah, Gakpo may help the offense 
or offense, or offense, offense. I don't know why I'm offense. suddenly having trouble with that <laughs> word. Um, but yeah, we're we're back to the situation that Liverpool were in when Pickford destroyed uh, uh, Virgil Van Dyke's ACL. Now yeah. I think we've had a different version of Virgil Van Dyke since he came back from that injury. But yeah, uh, clean sheets. Uh, don't seem like they're going to be a feature of Liverpool's game. Though, yep. you know, people have been having some good luck with Trent and Robertson since the World Cup with just attacking output. So, you know, yeah, that's, that's a whole other conversation of, of what's the, the, you know, the points per FPL return for them. I don't um, know. For them. If, if they could ever get clean sheets, the, you know, the, the problem is you're paying like $7 million for a for a defender who... Can't remember the last time I saw Trent do his you know, customary kind of, you know, hold the ball, get mm-hmm. get set. It's, you know, it's one of the most intimidating things in the Premier League is when Trent, yeah. you know, is set to hit a free kick. Well, let's not get sucked into this Liverpool vortex because I don't know how it, we did. That's my fault. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about Luke Shaw, as you as you mentioned. Now, I, yeah, sixty points is is definitely a good score in game week nineteen for you with a good arrow, and you still have two to go with. Pereira and Kepa in the final match of the game week. That's right. Yeah, the I, I captain Mitro as did you looked great when he scored early on. Gets the Can't yellow lose. card. Gets the yellow card more for dissent, I think. Than I wonder if it was a yellow card. You and I speculated that he would really want to play in this hey. this uh, you know West, West London, London derby derby. Yeah. But maybe he decided well, an opportunity to get a couple <laughs> weeks off. It was, uh, honestly, it was for accumulation, I think, that uh, accumulation of dissent and on top of accumulation of ticky-tack fouls by, by Mitro. So it, it was coming. And I'm, I, I'm still shocked that uh, at least Marco Silva didn't sub him out and, and feel like he could just control and prevent Lester from scoring. That's yeah, a big yeah. disappointment for both of us. I mean, the disappointment for me was I also played... Cancelo like you, but I played him over Saliba. I just felt yeah. like that Arsenal Newcastle game was going to be a wild affair. It was a wildish. It was fair. <laughs> it was compelling. It was good TV. It was yeah. compelling. It was a lot yeah. of a lot of fire in that match. Even for a so, was, was I, I mean, just like bench Arsenal players at your own peril at this point. I I think uh, is is where we're at. And yeah, I I like you dodged the not having KDB. Dodged uh, a Holland non-captaincy after that Metro yellow card, but yeah. I just dodged failed to a Darwin score. Darwin sale as well. I dodged my Darwin sale. Yes, I sold Darwin to bring in Metro and captain him. On the whole, I you know I, I came out ahead because otherwise I would have captained Holland. So that's an extra two points that I got there. But um, you know Bruno and Rashford between them fourteen points for my team. I still wish, obviously, that I had gotten more from Bruno over these last three game weeks. So this double game week announcement for Manchester United gives me one last breath with uh, with Bruno. One last swing of the bat, shall we say? Yeah, I mean, what do you think about Bruno so far? I mean, I, I was not I was not high on your your Bruno acquisition. I mean, it hasn't been a complete disaster because you have gotten two assists from him, and, and I guess. You've gotten three clean sheet points, Brandon, which is like the equivalent <laughs> of one assist. So it's let's crucial. give you a little bit extra there. Yeah. But he is nine point eight million. It's pretty expensive. You know, what have you felt just watching Bruno? Because I feel like you always watch a game a little more intensely and with a, with a clear eye on your own fantasy player when you own them. So what have you thought yeah. about Bruno having had him in your team so far the last couple of? 
couple of game weeks. Well, before we started recording, Josh, I said I had a special stat. Special stat okay. just for you. This one comes from FootMob, great app, leading in both big chances created and chances created this season is Kevin De Bruyne. 18 big chances created and on the whole 59. In second place is Kieran Trippier. That would be no surprise to fantasy managers. And Bruno Fernandez in third place on both big chances and total chances created. He's created 44 total chances this season and 11 big chances. So you forgot about Bruno, but he's still up there at the top of the stats tables in terms of creating goal scoring opportunities for his teammates. And yeah, a big big chance, Brandon, is like when you see the girl at the bar and you you miss the chance to walk up and, and talk to her and you you regret it for the rest of your life. That that's sort of like a big chance, right? That's sort of that's how the 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 sanitations define it. It's sort of the, that's the bar. Uh, Absolutely. Analogy. I mean, I remember talking to a, a girl I went to high school with years after high school, and I said, you know, I really regret not asking you to be my prom date. And she said. You, you probably should have asked me because I would have said yes. Um, so <laughs> it's like that movie, you, <laughs> Mr. Destiny, Brandon. It could have changed the whole the whole course of your life. So this is what Bruno is doing. Bruno is creating the chance of a lifetime for the for Anthony Martial on a regular <laughs> basis, and because he's Anthony Martial, he continues to to blow these chances. So this is really the, this is really the, the 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 problem, isn't it? Which we can talk a little bit more about later on the pod. I don't want to do an entire, I don't want to do what we did last week, which is do the entire pod in the intro, but, uh, which was kind of fun in a way. It was like, I looked up and we were 49 minutes into, uh, the conversation before we got to the main, uh, topic, but it does point to the, the problem with Man United right now, which is that it's outside of Marcus Rashford. It's not clear who's going to score for this team. People are scoring, but it's, it's, it's kind of spread around. And in some ways, the their their you know ostensible forward is the one you would maybe least expect to score right now. Yeah, it's true. They're they're short one player really. Now that Anthony yeah. is back uh, and fit and uh, match fit for uh, from the World Cup, that's your right flank covered. Put Rashford out on the left, Bruno in the middle, and then where's the number nine? And as you as you point out, that I don't think that Martial is. Martial obviously flourishes when he's surrounded by other good players who are informed. Wouldn't we all, Josh? Sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. He's, I, it's honestly not my biggest concern. I have seen, uh, when you watch Manchester United the last month, Bruno is central to everything, and he is spending a lot of time in the attack inside the 18-yard box. So yeah. I, I can't sit here and say, yes, now that the double has been announced for Manchester United, go out and get Bruno. But I do yep. think there is an op- an upside opportunity for a player like Bruno. He's exactly the sort of player who would surprise and and come out with a really meaty double digit score in this double game week. So I'm feeling uh, confident is not the right word. I'm feeling excited to have Bruno going into twenty. There's a kind of fun to having him. <clears throat> which I which I can appreciate. Like it's he's a little bit um, kind of. I, I don't know that he's going to be very popular, honestly. Uh, on on for for people, I think I think there are other getting a third man city player, getting uh, possibly Harry Kane, get getting you know there, there's a, there's kind of a handful of di- like different players out there who I think are going to be a little more highly targeted. So unless you're wild carding or 
it's just it's also like who are you going to drop right and so I, I think there's really it's most solid is going to fund one one key spot right now and so i think i think having bruno does give you um a little bit of an edge right now and i yeah i mean i feel like well well we can talk more about this later as well but i, I wonder if i would almost prefer um anthony to to bruno going into this or or, or even christian erickson i don't know it's like it feels like you can kind of take your pick among those um a Casemiro, Brandon, if you, if money is really tight, I mean, his ability to, to accrue points is kind of remarkable yeah. for, you know, like a deep line, uh, deep line, yep. you know, defensive mid playmaker, whatever, sure. whatever we're calling him. Uh, but you know, Anthony, I, he had a little bit of an injury issue, but it looks like he's okay now. So maybe he's, um, well, someone we could consider as well. But anyway, we'll talk about about that in a second. Um, Catching up briefly on the game week that's actually still happening, we have game week 19. Um, you and I talked about it a little bit already. Um, we have one more game to go. What are what are your thoughts? I mean, you're a Fulham supporter. We've got Fulham, Chelsea on Thursday. You have three players in that game, right? You have Kukurea, yeah. um, Kepa, and Andreas. Andreas feels like the most universal. It, it, overall, it's not that high, but it feels incredibly, I, I feel like I don't know anybody in any of my mini leagues that doesn't have Andreas going into this, uh, <laughs> going into this Thursday match. It's funny. You look at back at this chart I was looking at for big chances created. Andreas doesn't appear anywhere, at least in the top 15, Remarkable. but he is number four in terms of just regular old chances created. So I, uh, um, he's he's mixing it up, and he's yeah. a fun that's player like when to you have. Just, it's like when you just talk to the girl at the bar. You know, it's not a big chance that you yeah. missed. It's just yeah. it's just a chance. You know, you went you went for it. Yeah, and your buddies are like, "Wow, I can't believe that you actually talked <laughs> yeah, to her. You you, you, ne- you, you yeah. never stood a chance." <laughs> yeah, I did, yeah, because it was not a big chance. That was. Uh... <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, this is the best time for Fulham to be playing Chelsea. They will be reeling after uh, they're just thrashing at the hands of Manchester City yeah, in in the to... FA Cup, having lost yeah. uh, just a few days ago to them Twice in the league. Four days. Yeah. And uh, Graham Potter's scoring. Sorry, I keep talking over you. I'm sorry. That's all right. Without yeah, scoring, without, I was just going to say, without, without scoring a goal in either of those two matches, too, which is yeah. kind of, you know. It is rough. tough. It, it is tough. I, I think it, so, yeah, from a Fulham point of view, I, I think it's a good time for them. But Fulham will be without their talismanic striker in Metro. So that's a point against Fulham. Chelsea will be without. <laughs> Just like they have a lot of injuries. Mason Mount started. uh, So him being back, I think, should be pretty big for the Chelsea attack. Um, I I don't know. I I think I think I'm just kind of counting my points that I expect from this last fixture fantasy wise uh, in ones and twos, to be honest with you. It's hard to say, Uh, you know, uh, Fulham did win this weekend, uh, 2-0 win. I believe it was over Hall City. Mitro didn't play a minute in that match, and uh, Vinicius. I don't think Vinicius scored, but he did. He did no, start, he did start with them, and and Fulham have actually done surprisingly well without having Mitro in their squad. And Andreas has picked up a little more of the load, so I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he was involved in some way in mm-hmm. some kind of attacking return for for Fulham. And I mean, Fulham. Yeah, what is it? Three, is it three or four wins in a row now? I think it's four, isn't it? So on the bounce, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is you know, hugely impressive. And they have now they have now scored more points this season with whatever it is, 20 games to go, than they have in all than they did the entire season two years ago when they got relegated. So um Marco Silva, what we call like everyone knew he was gonna be good, right? It was like he kind of kept finding finding himself in these spots <laughs> where he was 
he'd, he'd go to like a sinking ship and then he'd go down with the ship and it was like, well, okay, is this guy good or not? It's kind of Roberto yeah. Martinez syndrome where it's like, mm-hmm. it's hard to even know if Roberto Martinez is good because he was on so many yeah. bad teams over the years. But, yeah, people yeah. people had expectations for him, but it seemed like all of the expectations had been thwarted and they were gone by the time he found himself at Fulham. And when, Fulham, when Scotty Parker left, I was like, oh man, the only thing that's going to save Fulham is some level of continuity and here comes marco silva like a perennial loser he's never you know won anything or done anything of a particular no particularly in in england but obviously he has been the best thing to happen to this club in eons you look back at jakanovic the serbian manager who brought fulham up a couple cycles ago um everybody adored him and silva has far surpassed him at this point it's really magical what he's doing there so um this is an opportunity for silva and this team to really cement what they where they are in this cycle to host chelsea and beat them well, I, I'm on a, a tiny green arrow right now. I'm up 2,000 spots. I honestly expect to drop down a little bit after after uh, game week 14. I think there's enough managers out there. With I, I guess I'm, I'm really rooting for a Fulham goal in that one, and that would that would probably be enough for me to stay in that grayish mm-hmm. arrow territory. Um, all right, so as we mentioned, Man United, Palace, Man City, Spur, uh, Spurs, all double. Uh, in the next game week. And so uh, I want to get right into that conversation. It's really going to be the major thrust of, of today's podcast. And we've already begun to talk about it a little bit. I just wanted to quickly note on Patreon, for anyone who has been holding off on becoming a Patreon supporter, maybe the Slack was was not for you. We decided it wasn't for us either, Brandon. And we finally, <laughs> finally made the move over to Discord. And uh, we had a couple people. I wanted to quickly shout them out. Uh, Emily, Michelle, uh, John. Um, James. John. James, geez, sorry. I'm like, uh, it's all off the, it's all, I have to write these things down, Brandon. Off James Tom. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. So uh, <laughs> thanks to uh, a handful of people who really helped us to set up our Discord smartly, which is what we never did with um, with our uh, Slack. We just kind of yeah. set it up ourselves like a couple of dummies. And so we have like a moderated forum now. It's incredible. It's, it's so nice and really clean and easy. And there's kind of threads and mini leagues and all kinds of really cool stuff. And Ask Josh and Brandon Forum, um, just lots of really cool stuff happening on there. So uh, patreon.com uh, slash always cheating is where you can go to support the podcast, take part in that. Of course, you also get an extra podcast each week. Uh, and a quick thank you to John Cox, Steve Pettit, and Goran Henriksen, our newest uh, Patreon supporters. They've joined um, just honestly since the Discord went live. So I think there were people who were like, you know what, the Slack is not for me. Uh, but a lot of people I realize are in Discord. I was on it myself, and that's actually what kind of mm-hmm. compelled me to make the switch because I just like, I think it, it, it kind of lends itself to this sort of to this game discussion and things like that. Obviously, that's where its, it's roots are in are in gaming. So uh, patreon.com slash always cheating. Uh, once again, thank you to everyone who, um, you know, just continually uh, supports the podcast. It really um, helps us keep doing this every week. Here, here. Uh, Brennan, Brennan, do you want to quickly shout out the top 10 in the Always Cheating Super League? Yes, the Always Cheating Super League is public. It's open to everybody who listens to the pod. I think last I checked, we were around 26,000 managers. It's big. It's it's super, which is why we call it the Super League. Super. So uh, looking at the top 10, and it's quite humbling to see the scores here. In 10th place, we have Gil Aram Almeida, uh, Wallet Zira. In 9th place, Michael Slagter. In 8th and 7th, we've got Vigo Jansen. Sixth place, Mark Jordan, Rob Duncan in fifth, Mark Bleakley in fourth, third place, Robert Nielsen, 
your favorite, Josh. Second place, Sarah Edge. Uh, we love uh, the Edge story, and we hope that that continues through the rest of the season. And in first place, holding it down is Sayakar Tay. Uh, I think feel pretty confident that I butchered some of those names. If you want to join yep. the Super League, just go to alwayscheating.com and click the League tab, or it's right there on the homepage. Wherever you find Always Cheating, you'll find that League code. And uh, Sekerte, by the way, Brennan, is uh, fourth in the world. So wow. congrats to him. Um, keep it keep it going. Um, all right, so let's take a quick break, Brandon. We'll get back and talk about Game Week 20. Guys, did you hear that a Lionel Messi trading card recently sold for over $500,000 on Golden Auctions? Golden is the leading and most trusted destination for some of the most significant pieces of sports and pop culture collectibles. And better yet, it's not just for those high-ticket items. Golden's new always-on marketplace and weekly auctions start at just $5. That means collectors of all kinds can enjoy the same quality, convenience, and seamless user experience that Golden is known for. Whether you're looking to buy, sell, grade, or vault, Golden has something for everyone and is your one-stop destination for the love of collecting. Looking to buy a collectible? Good idea. While the S&P 500 fell by an average of nearly 20%, collectibles like trading cards actually increased in value. Looking to sell a collectible? Now is the time to do it. Golden is offering all sellers up to 50% off marketplace fees before February 17th. So head over to golden.co to get started. That's golden.co, G-O-L-D-I-N dot C-O. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Brian, we're back. Game Week 20 kicks off on Friday. So remember to set their calendars, Brandon. That is a 3 p.m. Eastern time, 8 p.m. a London time start. Uh, Villa host Leeds. Uh, people often forget that the deadline is 90 minutes before that match, Brandon. So mm-hmm. um, that, I guess it's, it's one... Th- I don't, I don't need to keep doing the conversion. I'll just say 1.30 Eastern time is when I need to make sure to set my own team, uh, which is, it's always tough when it's on your own lunch break. I feel like the lunch break <laughs> team set is tricky. You're, you know, maybe you're walking somewhere and then you look down, oh my God, I've three yeah, minutes I get until, distracted. Uh, yeah, yeah, the ATM doesn't yeah. work and then uh, 30 minutes later. It's <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you don't have Wi-Fi all of a sudden. Uh-huh. Um so we have a Villa hosting Leeds, kind of a fun pure watch. I, if there weren't all these double game weeks, I would probably start Leon Bailey in this match and see if Leon Bailey could redeem himself after his one of the worst losses. I mean, 
or misses, I should say. It's it's not that it was like the worst miss you've ever seen in your life, but given the stakes, you could argue yeah. it was the worst myth, myth, miss of the year because yeah. Villa are having a pretty tough season. Really, really could have used that. He rounds the keeper, does everything. It's a great pass from Danny Yangs. Um, does everything yep. right and then just kind of just kind of whiffs, whiffs it. it. Yeah. yeah. Now you wouldn't have gotten those points in your fantasy team, would you? No, 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 no. I wouldn't have, but it was just—I just felt bad for him. It was such a <laughs> yeah, tough, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking real, we're talking real life <laughs> yeah. here, and it's true. Yeah, I mean, yep. and it's form form does help inform one's fantasy lineup. So I'm, yeah, I'm with you there. Like you have a Leon Bailey who's coming off of a goal scoring game winning performance that makes you more likely to consider bringing him off the bench. I get that, but. Yeah. Um, I mean, at least he's starting. This was we all. A lot of us started with Leon Bailey, myself included, at the beginning yep. of the season, and Stevie G just could not figure out what yep. his starting eleven ought to be, and we didn't know if he was going to play or not. But it seems like at least he's a consistent starter under Unai. Our ability to find the least relevant thread for a conversation know, is really wow, strong yeah. today. Our so way like, into game week 20 is Leon Bailey. Our, Liver, our Liverpool discussion. <laughs> I mean, somehow, talking about the double game, so that's talking about Liverpool's defense, talking about double game week 20, we're talking about Leon Bailey. Uh, but they do kick things off on Friday. And then and then we have a slate of, of doubles. And I think the, a big question for me is, you know, it was maybe more of an open question before we had, we had the second double announced. But now that we have multiple squads with with doubles and players that I would consider, I think Salah has to go. And we're just not quite getting enough from him. I think it'll come eventually, but he's just so, so expensive. And he's kind of isolated on that squad as well. He's just, he's, he's so far and away the best player. You don't have that kind of I mean, this is all like stuff that everybody knows already, right? But you just don't have, but from a fantasy perspective, you're just not getting as many, as many points. I mean, it's just, you know, it's, he's much more inconsistent than he was in the past. And so now you have this, this double game week, it's a chance to bring in KDB, who's got two doubles, uh, or you could bring in someone like Bruno, or I don't know if you didn't have Marcus Rashford, you could bring him in. You could, you know, you consider a lot of different options, or you can use that money to fund a Harry Kane move or something like that. So there's lots of different ways to go there. And the Brighton, I I thought that that was kind of a tricky fixture. It, it wasn't when Arsenal played him just a, a week a week or so ago. But I I, I still think I'm I feel it, Brighton is Brighton away is a tricky enough fixture that I don't feel like I'm you know, dropping Salah before Bournemouth at home or something like that. Although that was famously a nine nil win this season where he had two (laughs) points. So I don't even, I don't even know. (laughs) No, your logic tracks, your logic tracks. And it's sort of like marrying what we do, what we do know about Brighton this season. And they're, they're on a run of form, as you mentioned. And they, they, uh, they won their FA Cup fixture. They waxed Everton. They're in great attacking form. So, yep. and and given the the nature of Liverpool's form right now, it's just not a bet, a clean bet to make with your fantasy squad. And on top of that, yes, you have going back to chance creators, two of the biggest chance creators around who can fill that solid spot quite easily, De Bruyne or Bruno. And so I, yep. and right now I think. Like Sala to De Bruyne. Um, I don't know if I'm jumping the gun here uh, to talk about Kevin De Bruyne, but um, I. Well, it's mean, interesting. I, I mean, I, I thought about it earlier because you're you've sort of 
it's almost like you buried the lead, right? Because we were talking about whether you should consider bringing in Bruno. And you're like, yeah, so Kevin De Bruyne, of course, leads. Yeah. <laughs> leads and chance created yeah. with 18. Uh, and then you have Trippier and Bruno. And it's like, right, well, maybe I should just get the guy who's who's in first uh, sure. with chances created. And he has not been in a sparkling run of form. Uh, I believe it's three consecutive blanks for him to start things off. But, of course, you cannot just... I don't think you need the data revolution to to have taken place to understand that Kevin De Bruyne is um, a perennial chance creator and that it's 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 going to come. I think I think it's been a slightly sluggish start for maybe you know today maybe it was a little was was the first time that they really opened things up a little bit. They played three pretty tight games um, to kick things off. Another Cancelo. 45 minute hook. I, so I don't know what to think about that. It's really, really complicated. Let's, let's hold off on the Cancelo. Well, for I a second, don't, but. I don't think he was hooked at 45 minutes. He actually didn't start the match and then he came on at the, was it the reverse? Minute. Okay. Yeah. Right. I have a reverse then. Okay. Which, um, which is, it's not even clean in that way where you're like, okay, maybe Pep's trying to continue to play Cancelo into form. He's going to sub him on around the 60th minute. No, yeah. no, my friend. Uh, Rico Lewis, <laughs> the fullback du jour, comes in <laughs> at the very end of the game to further confuse matters in terms of what Pep thinks about his fullbacks. So, yeah, Cancelo is yeah. just an ongoing nightmare for sure. All right. Well, let's 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 get into some questions here. I, I have one for you and me to start, which is just uh, what are your our initial thoughts for our own squads? You mentioned that we you and I both have we, we manage separate teams, Brandon, but you and I both have uh, two transfers uh, for our own squads to consider. You have, I guess, one, two. Well, how many players do you have for the doubles at the moment? Yeah, I have Cancelo. If we want to count him, we must. Rashford, Bruno, and Holland. So I have four doublers. Okay. And that feels like it feels like I could have more. And I oh, I yeah. think especially with Man City, where Cancelo is by no stretch of the imagination a lock, and for minutes, I feel like I really only have one city player. So as right. I look at my squad. I there are two players that I definitely want. And now going back to De Bruyne, I feel like I learned a little bit. And, and you know, after 10 plus seasons of playing FPL, there's still opportunities to learn, Josh. Uh, Kane's performance against Crystal Palace. Spurs looked woeful the first half against Palace and then a bit of magic in the second half. And suddenly Harry Kane has two goals, assist, three bonus. And what that... in tells us is it it's not to me a lesson about patience like get these big ticket players and stick with them it is just a reminder of uh they they will bring in the points and yep. it kind of sometimes you can't even put form into the conversation with players like this because when they do come in they come in in this really major way and so kevin de bruyne i Point, I'm trying to get to where I'm saying I'm not scared off of Kevin De Bruyne's sort of lackluster post-World Cup form. I feel like no. he could easily do what Kane did against Crystal Palace in this double. So yep. I am without Kane and I am without De Bruyne, the two players that are most likely, apart from Erling Holland, to absolutely explode this game week. But of course, yeah. the only way for me to get both of them would be to take a minus four. So and, sacrifice, uh, but, and then sacrifice probably Bruno, right? I mean, I don't. Could you get there 
Could you get there just with a minus four? I luckily have uh, 2.2 million in the bank. So what I can do is keep Bruno and move Mm -hmm. Sala to De Bruyne, Mitrovic Mm -hmm. to Harry Kane, Cancelo Mm -hmm. to Luke Shaw. So minus four, I bring in three doublers, and I've kind of got all of the the main dudes. Why don't you I just still... do that right now? If you have exact money, I would just do that right now. Yeah, I think that's no, Can- fine. Yeah. is uh, price dropping tonight, but I do have enough value in Cancelo that a one price drop doesn't change okay. my sell-on value. Um, okay. So I think that's what I'm going to end up doing is Mitro, Sala, Cancelo out for Shaw, De Bruyne okay. and Kane seems seems I mean can you poke all any holes in that? Uh no, I I like it. I mean I think that it's it's they're kind of the 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 clearest. Well, I mean the Kinsella thing is tricky. I I mean I guess I'll just talk about that with my squad mm-hmm. now, which is that mm-hmm. I I don't really you know in the way my squad is set up, it doesn't really make sense to drop Kinsella. I'm just going to play him and hope that he gets some minutes. I don't I don't really know what else. To do there, hope he gets maybe one start and in in the in one of these two matches. Uh, if I had like some midfielder that I really wanted besides Kevin De Bruyne, maybe that would be different. But as it is, I think I'm just gonna roll with him and hope it works out. Um, but I have Daniel James, who or not that Daniel James, I have Reese James, who is sitting uh, last only crazy on the people have Daniel James. Josh, you're not that yeah. crazy. So I. I have James. I have who scored the uh, second goal for Fulham. Today. Sorry to interrupt you. He did. That, that's yeah. true. Um, so I could move uh, James to Shaw. Then I could move uh, Salah to KDB. I mean, I wouldn't need to free up money to do that. But the, but James to Shaw, uh, Salah to KDB, and then the question for me is: Do I go Mitro to Martial? And I am Martial's probably least biggest fan, whatever the opposite, you know, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if it maybe is the most sensible move. The other move, uh, well, okay. So the other move I could consider would be like a really aggressive move where I just try to bring in Alvarez and just and like, see if it works out. That would require me to drop Cancelo though. So then I'm suddenly in minus eight territory, uh, which I don't feel quite as enthusiastic about. I tell me why tr- you would bring in Alvarez. Well, I don't just because I, I, you know, there's a chance he, you know, he he'll get some minutes. Mm-hmm. He gets 45 minutes. I mean, Alvar, what I want Alvarez in 45 minutes versus Martial in like 160. <laughs> like, I'm not actually sure. Okay, uh, that's yeah. but so which which maybe leads me to believe I should just hold on to Mitro. But but Mitro does play away to Newcastle. I mean, it's not a great fixture, and given given where I sort of am rank wise. Right, I'm right around. I'm at 12.4k at the moment. Uh, in an extremely good spot. One of the only players that could really hurt me in this double would be Anthony Martial. Fairly highly owned. Will be will be targeted by many people. I already have Harry Kane in my squad. So, is there a, some value in just spending minus four and really? It's you know, it's it's the classic sword versus shield situation, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and so I do see some value and I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with occasionally playing defense. I don't think that's playing scared. I think that's just covering your flank, right? Like it's just, there's just something <laughs> yes. you said for, you know, yeah. for just, yeah, you know, yourself. If, if you're teaching a West Point, uh, course, this is exactly what we would be talking about. Exactly. And in some ways I feel like I haven't done enough of that, you know, uh, making this, this move to, uh, to not solve the James problem, uh, until now has, has probably come back. Uh, to haunt me a little bit in terms of my defensive returns this week. 
Kinsella would be gone if he didn't have the double. And as it is, it's just like, okay, fine. I'll just, I'll just hold on to him. The other key to Kevin De Bruyne and the reason that, that I think moving Kinsella out, Brennan does make some sense uh, for you is that you are going to get another double with Man City. And mm-hmm. this is my, you know, the Kinsella problem. I don't necessarily want to solve it right now by taking a minus four, but do I want to solve it uh, before game week 23 when they play another double? Yes, I I do. And in that case, I might be more amenable to moving on uh, some midfielder uh, to to be determined. I mean, it's I, I kind of love my midfield right now, though, like like everybody else. It's sort of uh, take me you know, through your midfield. Who you got? Well, it's just I've just got Rash, Rashford, Martinelli, Salah, who's going to turn into KDB. And then I've got a couple of, of cheapies and, uh, and, and Bailey and Andreas. And that mm-hmm. has. Worked out really well for me with Holland and Kane up front. And then a You've rotating You've got people who play forward. minutes, they start, you can rotate yep. them in and out, very flexible. Exactly. And then, uh, and so I could maybe beef it up a little bit. I could, you know, it wouldn't be that hard to move Cancelo to a cheaper Man City defender, perhaps. And that would allow me to upgrade Bailey to somebody I could just take a flyer on in game week 23. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can get all the way to Martin Odegaard. That's a possibility. So I, I think there are some... Um, Although, and Ketty is the player I'm really thinking about for Game Week 23. I don't want to get ahead of myself uh, too much there. So what do you think? I mean, Anthony Martial, what do you think about, you know, I I, I feel like I'm saying you know a lot on this week's Palm Brand. I'm trying not to, but it's, I find myself getting very tense when it comes sure. to uh, these double game weeks. I'm really there's a lot on the line the right here. Move. Exactly. There's a lot. Exactly. It may feel like we're just kind of in some mid-season doldrums right now, but no. No, a no, no, gift no. of a double game week like this, uh, and mm-hmm. uh, with t- with these big teams, I mean, you can you can argue about how big a club in the Premier League, Manchester United, right now are, but I, they they have this opportunity to deliver FPL points. So I think I would put Anthony Martial in that Bruno Fernandez category of probably not a guy who I feel compelled to get and to go out there beating the drum for, but he, but he also feels like, um, like a fun player to own for this double. And there is a, there's big upside with him. I, I think that, it's probably ten hags, ten ten hogs. Best formation is to have the lone striker in front of Bruno Rashford and probably Anthony, and it's Martial. And whether Martial is in form or not, kind of doesn't matter. They just need somebody to occupy that space, and just by virtue of being there, he will he'll have a few chances. And I think yeah, if Martial yeah. decides it's going to be a good day for him, then. Yeah, you'll get some. You've had some good yeah. times with Martial in past seasons. It's been, it's been many years, but th- there have been. I don't like his attitude. I don't like his the way he he seems just so unhappy. To he feels like the kind of person who really hates football. You know, there's there's certain players in the in in sports who just very clearly hate the sport that they're in, and I, I feel like that's the category that that Mar- Martial He's finds himself in. He's in the Benoit Asuakato category. He is a little bit. Yeah, wasn't there somebody else who just came out and talked about how much they don't like sports? Like yeah, some stories in the World Cup. yes, it's it, it escapes me, but they're out there. There's they walk among player, us. I think they do. They do, and it's like why why admit it? Why why are you going around telling people this? <laughs> he this admit is, it. Well, I don't want. 
Yeah, he finally he admitted. I, I I don't want to know. I don't want to know if you don't like sports. It's I, I'm already conflicted enough about sports. But if, if I'm watching sports and the people don't even like the sports that they're playing, it really yeah. At some point, what if whole, what if whole, I were to come out in public, Josh, in an interview in the players' like chair or whatever um, it's called, and I'm like, yeah, my job where I just like check email all day on a laptop. You know what? My heart's not in it. I'd yeah, exactly. I'd rather be playing football. Yeah, exactly. If I did a, a, a podcast interview and I was like, I don't even really like FPL. You know, just like, what is the point? The whole edifice starts to come crumbling down a little bit. So, anyway, not a big fan of Martial, but he is far and away the best the best third forward for mm-hmm. for game week twenty after after Holland and Kane. So. I, I think that it's that that seems like in some ways the moves that are that are so sensible that I should almost probably do them and and just not really overthink it a little bit. I think the question of um, of Man United's defense, the Man United's sort of defensive fixtures, is is something worth considering because uh, they do host Man City and then they they go away to Palace. I think that away to Palace match, I think there's a possibility they could keep a clean sheet there. It's not a this is not Palace in their best form, and uh, I, I, I'm not sure that's going to be fixed over the next, mm-hmm. um, you know, ten days or whatever. So I think that it's um, there's a, there's a good possibility of a, of, a, of a clean sheet there. He's in really good form as well. So even if Man United concede a goal or two to Man City, which seems extremely possible, uh, I think that there's still a chance you could get, you know. A, I don't know, you know, cross in that mm-hmm. converts into an assist or something like that. And then you get that that palace match as well, where, where you, I think you'd really have an even better chance of getting an attack return from them. And hey, if they don't get the clean sheet against Palace in game week 20, they can try again in game week 22 when they host Palace at Old Trafford. So it's weird, it's, isn't it? It's, I, it's, I, it's weird that you would think that things would totally flip. It's like when, when Chelsea and Man City played twice in four days. But no, it's just just the same old story. repeating itself yeah i i think i'm with you it's it's a just get the good players sort of situation and don't try to predict the outcome so i feel like that that's often where i get into trouble with fantasy is trying to predict outcomes versus just getting the good players in so i think luke shaw's in great form manchester united seem to finally know what they're doing it's it's time yeah and moving Mitro, I don't feel too conflicted about. I, I they they play you know Newcastle away, and then Chelsea, the Spurs at home, and Chelsea away in their next three. So it's it's not a great run. If, I mean, I don't know. I guess playing Spurs at any time right now seems like a pretty good time, mm-hmm. uh, at least in terms of Spurs conceding goals. But uh, although I guess they I guess they did keep a clean sheet that that bizarre match, the the, the Harry Kane <laughs> second half, which. It was yeah. amazing for me. I don't know where it came from. It was not anything I was expecting. I, at, at halftime of that match, I was like, let me just get let me just get two points from Kane and let's hope he doesn't get a yellow card because he was <laughs> running the verge of uh, I think he still is. I think he's got he has four yellows, right? Yeah. So he's still he's at, still at risk of a of a yellow card suspension. So that's a fun thing uh, hanging over him heading into the uh, North London Derby. Always always exciting, Brendan, have a little extra tension doesn't there. It, does it re, it resets after a team has played nineteen or twenty matches, something something like that? Well, yeah, but I mean, is so will this be their nineteenth match though? Because they miss there's like a the missed game week, right? Yeah, the missed, let's see. Uh, I'm I'm pulling up the the, the table to see. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> oh, this is gonna take me a minute. You got a vamp. 
Yeah. Well, I, I yeah, it, it gets very confusing, especially they played because... eighteen matches. So okay, so this next one will be their nineteenth, right? So it'll be yeah. nineteen out of thirty-eight. So, so this is the one. But this well, this is the problem then. So they he this is the first leg. So we could be we could find ourselves in a Mitrovic situation again, Brandon. Where he and it's it's the North London Derby. It's not exactly a fixture that doesn't uh, doesn't have a little bit of chippiness to it, Brandon. So you gotta show. Uh, you yeah. gotta go out there and show passion. Joshua. Exactly. Exactly. In theory, Kane should be able to avoid a yellow card. He's a pro, but yes. I don't know. We thought the same thing about Mitro ahead of the West London Derby, <laughs> and then he went and got a totally pointless one. It was. It was just. It was so unnecessary that yellow card. But let's not. We're not here to talk about the past, Brennan. So if I make those moves, then I would have. Uh, let me get back to my team here quickly. Uh, I would have one, two, three. Six players. I would have six players for the doubles on a minus four. Instead of Kane, Holland, Cancelo, KDB, Shaw, and Martial. That is the ultimate coverage double right there. Yeah. I don't see a lot of swords in there, Brandon, if we're talking <laughs> swords, swords versus shields. Uh, not a lot of swords in there. But I don't want to move Martinelli to uh, Antony or something like that or Erickson. I don't I don't like that move. Um I suppose there might be a, a sort of advantage in going for someone like John Stones, who's probably is mm-hmm. playing as but as well as he's ever played for Man City. Yeah. Uh, I think all of the Man City midfielders, it's just if if you hit on them, it, it's like it's like it's like winning at the casino. It's just <laughs> like it's sheer luck. There's really no. I, I I don't know. I don't like see a lot of advantage in, in going with a, um, a Gundogan or a Bernardo Silva or even, even Riyad Mahrez. I mean, there was a, somebody, uh, I actually think I added their comment here to our, our thread. He said, um, yeah, FPL controllers said, how many goals uh, did Mahrez have to score today before Josh would consider him in game week 20 he scored two today, Brandon. And that was not enough. I would need at least six for me to strongly consider Mahrez for my game week 20 squad. Yeah, this does feel like the Riyad Mahrez farewell tour for Man City this season. And it's like going very well for him. He's having a great season, uh, but it just doesn't make me want to get him into my fantasy team. It's certainly a lot of inherent bias working against him as far as we're concerned. Everybody who's played uh, FPL for the last five years has tried the Mahrez gambit. Uh, few yes. have lived to tell the tale. I it's just want to go back fun. to what you were saying about sh- uh, swords and shields, though. I feel like you may feel like you're bringing in some defensive picks and bringing in players like De Bruyne or Kane. These are shields that that are weaponized, though. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, yeah. I, 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 I don't think it's a situation where you're bringing in um, some sort of marginal player who is... Uh, just a favorite going into this game week. These are players who you can hold for the long term. And yeah, it, so. well, you and I got into this a little bit on our Patreon pod this week because you were you were talking about Kane a little bit, and you mm-hmm. were a little on the fence about whether you wanted Kane for the double. And I was arguing that Kane has been this kind of bizarrely, given what a famous what a, what a, what a great fantasy asset he has been for for many many years in FPL. But he has been like my secret weapon this season, mm-hmm. right? This this very famous, expensive player uh, who I just have just had week in and week out since my game week eight wild card. It's been a, you know, really terrific for my squad, and I think that instead of seeing bringing in someone like Kane, this actually makes the, the minus four even easier for you or, or people listening to this podcast. It's 
you're also just getting Harry Kane. You're just getting one of the best players in the Premier League who's having an extremely good season, a season that is not so radically far off from what Erlen Holland has done so far this season. It was a little surprising to me to find out just how close they were in, in total points. They're only 17 points behind Erlen Holland, and Holland's having an absolutely incredible season, one of the arguably the greatest starter forward has ever had in the Premier League, right? Yeah. 21, 21 goals and three assists, and that even includes missing a match. But Harry Kane, who is... Still, uh, only only point one up, Brandon, from his starting point price of eleven five in the season, uh, has fifteen goals and four assists, along with twenty five bonus points in the season, yeah. which is absolutely terrific. It's actually only two fewer goals than he scored all of last season. So he really has is having kind of a low key tremendous season. And I think people look at it and they see, well, there's a lot of six, seven, nine. Whatever, but it really starts to add up, right? You take a you take a, a seven and a nine, and think of that as a fourteen pointer and a two pointer, right? In, yeah. in in terms of you know, just if you rearrange those numbers, it looks really good. It's it's the consistency almost almost deceives the eye a little bit. Right. We became used to a version of Harry Kane in fantasy who was scoring braces uh, or hat tricks, and he yeah. his only he only has two braces on the season, no hat tricks, and it feels like oh, this is kind of anemic, but then yeah, you take the the long view. You've got uh, thirteen thirteen of his eighteen matches played, in which he started and played virtually ninety minutes in all of them. He scored at least a goal. So there are only five matches, and when he has not managed to score, and that is a that's a base coat of base base coat of paint on your <laughs> yeah. on your fantasy team that you, yep. you really can't go wrong with. So yeah, I. I'm finally sold on the idea of Kane. I mean, I, I had him going into the World Cup and, of course, decided I was going to try to replicate what Kane was doing with Darwin Nunez. And that just... Kane, Kane's great season is now, I think, being magnified by the fact that no other forwards are stepping up yeah. to the plate to even yeah. compete, let alone get close to what Kane's doing. Yeah, I mean the Darwin situation. It's we we just can't even talk about it in this week's pop right? It's 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 a black hole that <laughs> threatens to suck up all FPL conversation. So yes. I think we'll we'll wisely avoid it. So you we talked about this a little bit already, but just to go back and, and just think about the doubles in in a in a broader sense for a second. Uh, Harbor Boy says, are any of the game week twenty doubles actually good? So, and, and I think you said in a, in a second a minute ago yeah. that we should be focusing less on on maybe fixtures and more on bringing in high achieving the, the like blue chip stock FPL yeah. players with long track records of success and not worrying too much for the fixtures themselves. But just, just as a, as a refresher, Man United play Man City at home, Palace away. Not, it's not bad. Uh, Palace play away to Chelsea, home to Man United. That's pretty bad. And we're just really not going to target Chelsea or, or Palace very much. I think we should talk about them at the end of the pod because I want to talk about some some low ownership picks that we could at least kick around uh, mm-hmm. for a double. Maybe not maybe not you or me personally, but I think certainly people out there who are some people are considering a wild card, for example. And I think then you could you could maybe mm-hmm. try your hand at, a, at, a, at an essay or something like that. Mm-hmm. Zaha is on my ban list, so he will not be part of this discussion. And then uh, Man, Man City play away at Man United and home to Spurs. And if we've learned anything from their the last two wins against Chelsea, it's it's fine. It doesn't matter who Man City play. It's It certainly doesn't matter in terms of Holland. Uh, and then Spurs play Arsenal at home and Man City away. And I think with Spurs, 
the only thing it does is make is convince me that I don't want to have Perisic or one of their defenders, which <laughs> yeah, yeah. maybe I could have convinced talked myself into if those fixtures were a little bit better. Uh, but I think in terms of attacking output, certainly with Harry Kane, it's kind of I mean it, it, that we're actually in kind of a similar situation with Man City and Spurs, aren't we? Where you have one forward who is unquestionably great fantasy asset, and then the entire team beyond him is is a little bit suspect and. I think this applies to Man City and, and to Spurs. I mean, I, I, is there mm-hmm. any one player outside of maybe Ederson who is just an absolute, you know, guaranteed lock for, for Game Week 20? I think De Bruyne plays both, starts both. Sure. So, yeah. and yeah. and that's yeah. just kind of like, that's that's not unlocking any secrets for the, for the fine folks listening right now. Yep. Uh, but that's really about it. We, we have reached peak Manchester City in which they have two full-blown starting 11s that are on the team yeah. sheet every weekend. So yeah. um, it's it's just pointless to try to predict these outcomes. And I think the Foden situation is made worse by the fact that Grealish is finally starting to pick up some true form for that yeah. team. He seems preferred, uh, uh, the Grealish that is. So, um, but then I, I, I fear if you go for Grealish, you inadvertently put yourself in the same situation that you were with Phil Foden. So I think it's a, my, my feeling is don't overcomplicate it. Take the, the sure bets because the whole point of the double game week is you want more minutes from your fantasy assets. So, uh, to accomplish that, you, you just have to target, um, I don't want to say boring picks, but just the guys who we know or have the best idea will get more than ninety minutes. So I, I, yeah. I'm not feeling any any off the uh, off the wall picks from City or even Spurs. Spurs, no. maybe you go for yeah. somebody like Matt Darty. If you, I mean, how expensive is is Darty right now? Is is he cheaper sub, than Luke Shaw? Sub five. Uh, so see. like if you yeah he's 4.6 4. 6. so if you couldn't afford luke shaw that's like kind of a cheeky he's got some attacking potential and yeah. it does seem like there's not a lot of competition where he's playing right now but yeah spurs can't defend my, my feeling like what i was i was saying earlier was try not to predict the outcome just get the good players if you were to if you were to look at these fixtures and you say, oh, well, Spurs don't really stand a chance against Arsenal or Manchester City, hypothetically speaking, I'd yep. still predict, uh, like, if Spurs lose both, I would predict maybe like 2 1, 3 1, 3 2 scoreline. I would predict goals for both sides in both of yeah. those matches. That's what I would do. So even if you're like, I don't feel like Spurs are going to win either of those matches. Do you not still at least feel like Spurs will score uh, goals in game week 20? I think they will. Kane will be involved. So that's kind of the logic that I would apply. I feel like we've just personally seen Spurs... We've we've seen Son and Kane do this against all the best teams, right? Mm -hmm. We've we've seen them do it last year. Son scores the only goal in a 1-0 win over Man City. That's actually without Kane even in the squad. Uh, Kane and Son have gone to Anfield and, and the Etihad and tons of other places. And, and North London Derby certainly as well. Kane Kane loves a Derby, right? Famously. So yeah. I think that there's a lot of... Um, I, I, don't, I, I feel kind of the same way as you. Son is someone we haven't talked about at all and came on late in that Palace game. I had a goal and assist. 
finally got a goal, got a little bit lucky. Uh, it was maybe a slightly deflected goal, but that's sometimes how form gets reasserted, Brandon. It's a little mm-hmm. bit of luck. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is the ultimate uh, wild card move, would be to go for Sun. I... I really can't advocate for it because I think I think ultimately we've made a bigger case, a better case for Bruno as as the player to target, and I kind of feel the same about the Man City midfielders that we were talking about before. I mean, I I feel like if you're if you're looking at Zaha, if you're looking at um, you know uh, Bernardo Silva or Gundogan or any of those, even Grealish, I would probably just try to go for Christian Eriksen or Anthony. I just think that they're a little more fun. I think the Man United are playing a little bit better right now. Their, their form is better. Um, it's just a, it's just a more, it would just be more fun. I feel like to have those players and, mm-hmm. uh, it's, we'll see about, uh, I mean, Kulisevsky, he maybe it looks like, uh, Kulisevsky is now targeting a return, uh, for the North London Derby. So there's a good chance you'll have Kulisevsky for both those matches for the double. So he's, it's too early. The problem is with this Friday, uh, with the Friday deadline, it's probably going to be a little too early for us to know uh, whether 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 Kulisewski is available. I think it makes him a little too much of a risk. But the fact that it looks like he will be back in time for the Northland Derby, I think, is really good news for Kane. So yeah. if you are listening and you're on the fence about Kane right now, I think that he does become a little more appealing just because of, of Kulisewski being back in the equation. Richarlison as well could be back fit for the North London Derby for Spurs. So it's, it's like the, the issue that Spurs have had in the last yep. three game weeks is like they have no attackers apart from Son and Kane. So having the, the Kulu and um, and Richarlison back will be a big help, as you say. All right, a couple more questions here, Brandon. Uh, one we haven't talked about yet, which is really a crucial question, is uh, Gorn Hendrickson says, is it time to triple Captain Holland? Uh, or are there better doubles coming up later? Have you <laughs> given any thought to triple Captain and Erlen Holland? I mean, just based on FPL discussion that exists in the world, I've had to think about it. Mm. And I don't want to think about it because <laughs> I I tend to think something better is going to come along. But what's better than it doesn't – I mean, so to just to follow my own logic, like mm-hmm. what's better than a double for Holland and it doesn't matter – who they're playing. Holland didn't play a minute in the FA Cup fixture. He got a bit of a rest this weekend. He's going to start both of these fixtures in game week 20. What more do you need to know than Holland starts two matches in a single game week? To We're playing our triple captain on Holland this season. It's just a matter <laughs> of, is it is it is it game week 20 or is it another game week to come? So yeah. I I do think... It's a gamble kind of either way. Uh, it's a If you play the triple captain in game week 20, you're gambling that there isn't just some sort of like amazing slam dunk, Bournemouth, Nottingham Forest yeah. double that, that's to come. But if you don't play the triple captain in game week 20 on Holland, you're gambling that City do get like a convenient good double later on in the season. Yeah. I'm think? still feeling a little burned from last year. I feel like you and I both blasted through many of our chips a little <laughs> yes. early on last year, and it didn't really work out well. And then we had to sit through the final 10 weeks of the season while everybody else played their chips and charged <laughs> past us. Yeah. And I can't say that I enjoyed that at all. That was not my, my favorite thing. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking now that I may... Uh, uh, that I may wait. And I think that it looks like we're going to have 
th- three, maybe even four different times than we'll be able to captain tri- a, double, a triple captain Holland and a double. There are some considerations here, which is that this is probably the best time to have Holland and be sure that he's going to start both those matches. Uh, we will have the Champions League later on. We'll have, uh, you know, League Cup final. There will be other times when there's a, l- there's a little bit of risk whether he'll he'll start. And and just Alvarez is so good that eventually I, I do think that he'll get some starts over Holland, especially as they get farther into the Champions League matches. But I think that's that's a little bit of fear talking. I think that I, I, I think it's still better off to wait for just a slight, I actually feel great about the Spurs match. I think that I think he has a great chance yeah. uh, to do something in that one. I'm not feeling quite as positive about the Man United match. I think that that is, it's an early Saturday game. Man United are, are really in the, just in a really nice run of form at the moment. And I think the crowd is going to be really fired up for that. Obviously you and I were there for one of these uh, Manchester derbies, Brandon. Yeah. And it was Scott they were, McTominay they were... half field goal against uh, yeah. Ederson and yes, Marcial he... scored in that one too. That's the, that's also <sighs> yeah. the match where you and I went to our first ever onsite betting parlor and lost every single of our like dozens of bets. Oh my God. Every single it was bet hedge lost. city and we couldn't convert <laughs> a single one. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, people, people may forget how well his like recent history United have performed in this Derby at Old Trafford, despite like the losing, was it six, one, six, two earlier this season where Foden and Holland both scored hat tricks. I think, yes, you, you make a good point that this is kind of a totally different Manchester United team that we're seeing at this point in the season and also home support goes a long way in this fixture for Manchester yep. United. So I'm I'm with you. I I'm I'm not guaranteeing a, a Holland hat trick here. No, and he just went away to Chelsea, another difficult way fixture. He's not immune to to even the best players, Mo Salah, right? Even the best players are are not typically as good when they're playing their toughest fixtures that that's, mm-hmm. there's nothing revolutionary there so i think given the fact that man united fixture is going to be a tough one um at the very least i don't see him getting like 17 points in that one right and so i think viewed through that lens it's like i i just think that there's probably a good chance that we're going to get an even better double for him down the line and so i think i think we're so i think we're simpatico there we're not going with with triple captain holland let me give you a what if just to close out this conversation what if i were to guarantee you that holland scores one goal in each of these two matches one against united one against spurs if you know more that that? and, and no more would you play the triple captain Oh, wow. So that would, let's assume he starts both them. We're looking at a minimum of 12 mm-hmm. points. Mm-hmm. Very likely to get bonus points as well, though. So let's give him, let's give him two bonus points and be conservative. That would be 14 points. I would take it. I would take okay. 14 points from Triple Captain. I think that's a, that's an excellent return from Triple Captain. I would absolutely take that. Would okay. you, would you not take that? I would take it as well. I would definitely yeah, yeah. take it. I I think you'd kind of be uh yeah, you'd definitely be a, a high a high roller or a, Do you a, know a time traveler who can tell us that <laughs> I'd love to I have I have Biff's yeah. uh, sports almanac on me <laughs> yeah. right now. Um but I don't know. I don't know. I think I think you're right on the edge there with if that's the case. It does yeah. seem like a very likely outcome that Holland gets two goals this game week. 
So anyway, just 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 yeah. putting that sort of like what if in the conversation. We've got all week to sort of think about there's, this and yeah, there's just enough. There's just enough of a chance that he blanks in that Man mm-hmm. City match. Just yeah. enough mm-hmm. that that's 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 what's throwing me off because I know that we're going to have these other opportunities yeah. later. And this is really about as I mean, we have I mean, honestly we have the game week to twenty three double coming shortly after that as well, and you know sure. that one. <laughs> which so we and that one they have Aston Villa at home so that already seems better to me honestly give me, give me Villa at home in 23 does that seem better to you than than a way to Old Trafford and just in a single know, game week scores. Villa at the Etihad sure yeah uh, that well that's when I tr- yeah and then, and then Arsenal at at Arsenal Interesting. Which is a tough okay. game, but that's a, such a huge match that maybe yes. I don't know. I don't want to get to. Let's 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 hold out, hold off on that yep, thought, Brendan. Yep, yep, yep. Um, a couple of last questions, though. I think I just said that the last two questions ago, but let's let's keep let's keep going here for a minute, Brendan. Mm-hmm. Um, Migs asked about whether we should just drop Cancelo. I think I I made the case for just for just holding them, and it, maybe it's just a team dependent situation for me. I just think it makes sense to hold him because I don't want to. I think I'm probably going to be at burning points this week anyway, and to burn points to drop him. Well, I think there's at least a reasonable chance he starts one of these two games, uh, and maybe you get this this out of position Cancelo again. Which, in, <laughs> if you do, then that's even better. So um, I think it's I, I think it's prudent to hold and 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 try to sharp your team elsewhere. I think in your specific case where moving him frees up enough money for you to make the moves that you want, I think that's a horse of another color and i think in that case it's a it's a reasonable move i agree uh i mean my case coming out of the world cup i'm unlimited transfers i'm keeping Cancelo because he's a lock in that starting lineup maybe he's too expensive but to have a hold on that manchester city defense with an attacking output i'm gonna have Cancelo. the story has completely flipped with the uh emergence of rico lewis Now that Cancelo is not guaranteed starts, it's just like end of conversation over. (laughs) I know. How did this happen? It's like, it's crazy. It was, it's, it's, it's a real, it's a black swan event, Brandon. This, uh, this idea that, that Cancelo is suddenly irrelevant in fantasy. He was the, he was the most undroppable player in Pep squad last year. And suddenly he's, I don't I gotta be honest, Brandon. Maybe I'm looking at this through with cello tinted lenses, but I don't think Rico Lewis has been that good. I think he's been fine. I think he's been totally adequate. He was, I don't know. He was he was part of that one one draw. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's not let's not get let's not get carried away here with Rico Lewis, Brandon. I think Rico Lewis is probably a little better positionally and defensively. As Cancelo sure. is so much more um, elegant going forward. But you know, who am I to play? Uh, tactician against Pep, but I think I. I mean, I guess like to to cut it in half. Yes, I'm getting rid, but I do agree with you, Josh, that he shouldn't. It's not like hot priority going into game week twenty that you dump this guy. It's yeah. kind of like a perfect game week to just ride your luck with him because you've got two chances at the start. I think that so good. So we're, we're, we we agree there. We were agreeing a lot on this week on this week's pod, mm-hmm. There was a question about hits, and I, my feeling is the same as, as ever when it comes to uh, double game weeks, which is uh, look at your squad and decide whether 
you are taking out a player who has a good fixture at, at home and whether, especially if it's at home, uh, and whether it's really prudent, especially for a hit, to remove that player. Time and time again, we see really great fantasy assets moved unnecessarily for a double game week. And, and often it's just, it's just two points, right? It's two, you get two blanks doubled and the player who has the good home fixture, uh, scores a goal or whatever, you know, it gets, it gets, it gets it up, you know, assist and three bonus points, whatever kind of attacking return uh, you might be looking at here. And I think, I think there's a, a situation that some Almiron owners probably find themselves in right now because they, mm-hmm. they host Fulham at home. He has fallen off a little bit. I would probably, if I had Almiron, be very tempted to move him. And if I didn't have a ton of money, I think that Almiron to Erickson would be a fun move. They're, they're roughly the same price. I think it's fine to hold Almiron, but I think that it, like Gabriel Martinelli, I bought super cheap and I find him too hard to move. And they have a double in game week 23, so he can't move. Obviously, Rashford's not going anywhere. We talked about Salah already. The other players on my my personal squad are too cheap for me to move them around. But if I was in that kind of six million range, I feel mm-hmm. like I'd be if I and I couldn't quite get to Anthony or one of the more expensive players. I think that Erickson is kind of a fun one, just because you could see him getting two assists across these mm-hmm. two matches. Yeah, you better be bringing in a double game weaker if you drop somebody like Almiron or if you take a transfer penalties. And minus four, you better be bringing in a doubler. I'm taking a minus four and I'm bringing in three doublers so i'm essentially spending four points to get six players which feels like a great deal and compounded by the fact that uh these are three players in kane de bruyne and shaw that i am happy to keep long term so sort of amortize that transfer hit if you're looking to take a points hit just to take a punt on marcial or anthony and then you want to immediately get rid of them then yeah you start Mm. to think well could I maybe get close to replicating that points output from, with a guy I already have, possibly? All right. Well, it feels like our teams are going to... I was just thinking as you are talking about the moves, and I, it looks like I'm going to make very similar moves. I think that it looks... I feel like we're going to get... Teams are going to start to look very similar for a while here, but we have a mm-hmm. lot of other doubles still to come. So mm-hmm. many rescheduled matches still to get played. M- many of them will be scheduled in the next few weeks, Brandon. So, well, the teams will start to to disperse again and, and look and look differently. Um, just one final question here, Brandon, which is: um, Are there any under the radar double game week options? Anyone we haven't talked about that you feel like deserves a little bit of a shout before we conclude this week's pod? Wow, we have covered quite a bit of ground, and I, I guess this was the moment to bring up Crystal Palace. And right, I mean, you put Wil- Wilfred Zaha on your band list, but I do think you have to say he's really not fulfilled his potential the last few months in the league. But there is that player in there. He's playing against Chelsea. Chelsea's not great at the moment. If he's yep. going to score, it's going to be against Chelsea. And then they do have that home fixture against Manchester United. But, I mean, that's that's just me sort of like talking. I'm just talking yeah. nonsense there because the price and the position that Zaha takes up in a fantasy squad, it's kind of wasted on him, yeah. unfortunately. Unfortunately. Yeah. But if you're the type of manager who wants to be uh different uh, iconoclastic i think you've got to go palace in this situation yeah i think Eze, he's uh, 1.7 million cheaper than zaha i, I 
he might be honestly roughly as, as good a fantasy asset for for the double. Um, I, but I to me, I don't think that either one is worth moving. I'm just going to pick Almiron because he's so highly owned. Neither you or I have him in our squad, but yeah. I think that he's. I think I wouldn't personally move Almiron to Eze. That to me, I feel like I'd rather just hold. Hold on. I do feel like days. I have to say here. I believe Michael Olise has been probably Palace's best player the last three weeks. Ooh, so and a little he's wild at, card. He's at five point four. Yeah, two double digit returns in his last five. So there's another. Again, see, that's like which one? Okay, so you have Eze, Elise, and Zaha. Which one do you pick? It's it's, it's not clear, and so then you're in a position where you're gonna you're gonna get one of these three players, and the one that you don't pick is going to be the one that 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 goes off. Um, when it comes to Man United, I think we we talked a little bit about um, Anthony, Erickson, Rashford, Bruno. Um, I kind Casemiro. of jokingly said Casemiro. I think if you were wild carding, I, 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 I wouldn't necessarily advise wild carding this early, but if you were, I think that Casemiro would be fine as a, as a short term player to drop in there just cause he's 4.9 million is so he's so affordable. But are there any other, like, I kind of wish I had David De Gea at the moment. I, that, <laughs> that feels like a slight missed opportunity. Um, and, but any other defenders, I, it feels like it might be a little risky to go with any other any other defenders in the squad? Yeah, I mean, Martinez being back for Manchester United, he came on in the FA Cup fixture as a sub now that he's a World Cup winner. Yep. Um, but, I mean, yeah, we're, we're really grasping at straws here. I think David Dea is interesting. You're right, because he will always accumulate save points in tough fixtures because he is a shot stopper above anything else. Yeah. I just saw a rumor that uh, Maguire may be moving to Aston Villa. So that's a that's a Maguire and Ming sounds like a buddy cop show. I <laughs> yeah, love that. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see if that happens. Um, yeah, I think that uh, Kulisevsky, I think, and maybe even Sun would, would qualify as super under the radar options. Kulisevsky. I like that one. Yeah. I think that um, Perisic... If you just think of him as a left winger, is not mm-hmm. a not a terrible option. There's a chance that that North London derby is a nil nil. I think that's it's possible. It could just be a really scrappy match, kind of like the uh, the Arsenal Newcastle match was. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think that's likely, but you know, I'd give it a twenty percent chance of happening or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, but we could see Perisic get some kind of attacking return in those matches. But the problem is he's five point five million, so he's, he's he's pretty expensive. But if you were looking to move Cancelo on, you already had Shaw, and you were looking for somebody to fund a move, I don't think that's the worst possible move you mm-hmm. you could consider. Yeah, him or Doherty, who's cheaper. But yeah, it's just like, right. man, can right. you look yourself in the mirror bringing in a Spurs? defender in game week 20 yeah. it's it's a tough one but but yeah you know, be, you, yeah yeah you never you're, a couple goals i think i think you can be brave in a situation like this especially if you're like sick of the same old same old having a, a weird player who has two fixtures is you know like going up against so elise going up against almiron or um or uh like andreas Pereira. You're looking at like four points over there too, probably, and yeah. Uh, so you're you're getting a leg up either way. So you know, be bold, be brave. 
Right, I like that. I like that. That's a nice, sort of two nice little sentences to end this this week's pod on, Brandon. So let's conclude it. Thank you so much for listening to this week's pod. We'll be back next week. Uh, just a quick programming note: we'll be back a day late because you and I are going on a uh, an overdue boys trip, Brandon. Mm-hmm. So we'll be recording on Monday night next week. Uh, but really looking forward to seeing what happens uh, over the doubles. I hope you, hopefully you and I get a chance to watch some of the games this weekend too, Brandon. Yeah, we're gonna be uh, hanging out with uh, a couple of friends who are like. It's going to be a diehard Spurs fan v. Arsenal fan live in person. It may come to blows, and I'm going to be <laughs> popping the popcorn for that. Yeah, that's going to be fun. So uh, thanks, thanks everyone, for listening. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, once again, that, that Discord is live. Now you can go to always uh, patreon.com slash alwayscheating. Brendan, do you want to thank our producer patrons? Yeah, big thanks to our producer patrons, Mike DiPietro, Trevor Ingerson, our buddy Chris Howell, DeBig Gaffer, Bobas Kuhn. James Holland, Dave Wagner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Lazarus Yanos, Jesse Halstead, Bruce Kerr, Brian Chin, Rich Evans, Blair Jacobson, Todd Byerly, Mikey Uong, Shiv Morjoria, Andy Portlock, Dan Parsons, at FPL Merch, Carrie Swanson, Jefferson Turner, Francis Moore, Sam Shower, Caleb Robbie, Lee Hickman, Vulgar Paulson Kruger, Alex Holcomb, James Keatley, The Saint, Bob Fox, Craig Jackson, James Conroy, Shalin F. Kadakia, Terrence O'Donnell, Paul, Paul Hertzig, Keith Cram, Roberto Morals, Thomas Tislov, and Noah and Louise. Rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Hell Cheaters, wherever you get your social media. For all this information and more, visit our website, uh, alwayscheating.com. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. See you next week. Bye. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.